So good evening. Any questions tonight? Yes, Maharaj. Basically, since today's since today is the Tirubhav Mahotsav of Gopal Bhatta Goswami, if you would like to share some words about King his life contribution. Gopal Bhatta Goswami ki jai. Bhatta Goswami holds a very uh, important position within the uh, group of the famous six Goswamis of Vrindavan, headed by Rupa and Sanatan. <clears throat> and uh, the story of um, his uh, coming to such a position uh, as described in Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami begins when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met his father and mother Gopal Bhatta his father and mother in Srirangam the uh, the capital of the Sri Sampradaya during his tour of South India so Mahaprabhu stayed there and he stayed for some time and there's um, I mentioned on the first evening that I was here that uh, when we had visited Sadhu Bhavan recently here in, in Poland and that the, uh, the deities that presided there arranged for by uh, Swami Krishna Chetra were crafted the story goes by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself while he was there at Sri Rangam so he made a likeness of Jagannath Swami whom of course he worshipped in Jagannath Puri and they're quite interesting and, and um, unique as you can imagine um, so it lends to the idea that Mahaprabhu stayed for some time there. And um, of course, there's also a famous Garuda Stamba there. Garuda Stamba was the, is the, like the out, I guess, um, on the extremity of the temple of uh, Jagannath Swami and Jagannath Puri. And um, Mahaprabhu would sometimes stand from that position to view Jagannath Swami, Balabhadra and Subhadra, Maharani. Another place that we find Garuda prominently um, involved in reading about him, as we have been uh, in the Kaliya Dhamma Leela. But um, uh, apparently, and you know, I have had the, uh, the fortune and the blessing to visit Chirangam. Has anyone here visited Chirangam? Oh, so. Pranam. <laughs> You're a blessed one, to be sure. And uh, and there it said, and you can verify for us, that there's a they have established a Guru Stamba there and a deity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu standing next to the Stamba. Correct? Now, I don't know if that was uh, established by the Sri Sampradaya or if that was established later by the work of our Paribar at the uh, uh, command of the great Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who uh, commissioned his uh, disciples to go south following the trail of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as it is uh, mapped out in Chaitanya Charitamrita 
and in all of the significant places that he stayed, that Krishna Das has written about, to establish a like a a a, a imprint hmm, of the footprints of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a worshipable uh, uh, deity or icon. Hmm. So I don't know if that was completed. I I get the impression. I'm coming to me now, my remembrance was never fully completed, but they must have gotten, because it would go down to Cape Comer and then up the other side a bit. I don't think they got up to Padmanabh, Shetra, or Coimbatore, but <laughs> remembering your place there, right? and from your heritage. Uh, but surely um, they got to uh, Shivangam. So it's possible um, that through the work of the Gaudis and our Sampradaya in particular, that that deity was established with, uh, in conjunction with the the, um, the priests there at uh, Sri Rangam. But when Mahaprabhu went there, uh, as described in Chaitanya Charitamrita, he stayed for some time, and he left a lasting impression. You know that he. Um, had a conversation with Venkata. Venkata was the, I would refer to him as the head priest of the Ramanuja Sampradaya. And Mahabhava asked him a question one day. Um, I mean, Mahabhava went south for, for two years. It wasn't a two years travel, so he probably stayed at the Sri Ranga temple for, for the four months of the rainy season. So, long stay. Venkata, Bhatta, and his wife, and their young son, who became the great Gopal Bhatta, the uh, brother of Venkata, who was the uncle of Gopal Bhatta, who became the great Prabodhananda Saraswati. These were the fortunate devotees who had the opportunity to host Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, have his association, hear from him for four months in a closed, small circle. We don't get any impression from Krishna's Kaviraj's writing that there were big crowds there surrounding him uh, as there were in other places. Hmm? So, in a small circle of friends, big things can come out, right? Hmm? And um, as Krishnadas explains, Mahaprabhu at one point in jest said to Venkata that um, I thought that uh, your goddess Lakshmi was famous for her chastity to Narayan. Yes, yes, Mankata suggests, yes, she is the most chaste. And um, then Mahaprabhu asked, why is it then that she, although she's the wife of Narayan, she desired, as the Puranas have mentioned, to enter into the rasa dance with Krishna? It sounds like she's lacking chastity. Very bold theological question and the uh, and then Kata replied no no no, no, no very nice question very good but um, you're a young sannyasi let me enlighten you that um, I'm very pleased to hear your your question but you see there is no difference between Narayan and Krishna hmm? what is that verse Siddhanta Stantabedepi uh, there's no difference in, in, in tattva between Krishna and Narayan. This is one God. We call him Vishnu Tattva. And Mahaprabhu said, oh, very good. And I have one other question. Yes, yes, please, you ask. He said, why is it that she was not able to do so? And this Venkata fainted. You couldn't. Where could such a question? Who could think of such a question? Only he could have the answer. Hmm? <laughs> it was very striking. So, with his, uh, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a humorous spirit, um, he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, created this teachable moment for Venkatabhata and then pursued to explain Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. And according to Krishna Das, which means that Krishna is the source of Narayan, not that 
Narayan, and that Krishna is an avatar of Narayan. And furthermore, that um, to enter into the rasa dance with um, with Krishna, there's a particular way to do that. You know, it is mentioned in the Puranas that Lakshmi tried to enter the rasa dance. She went to mm, Madhuban? Belvan, Belvan, also called Srivan. Belvan is also called Srivan, which is a reference to the fact that Lakshmi came there, one of the bonds, one of the twelve forests of Vrindavan, and there she sat and took off her jewelry and her finery of dress and so forth, and in the simple cloth, uh, she gave up her royal, you can imagine, what is the diet of Lakshmi in Vaikuntha? Her royal diet and uh, simply ate whatever fell from the trees and uh, roots and growing from the ground and practiced austerities. Now you have to imagine, this is a very fine royal lady, Lakshmi. She comes from wealth, rich background. beyond, uh, beyond uh, uh, our imagination. So for her to take this position of austerity is, is very extreme. So in her own estimation, the point is, she took extreme measures to enter into the rasa dance hmm, with Krishna. Hmm. That's how much she wanted it, how much she desired that. She is a lone Lakshmi of Vaikuntha. And, but in Braj, Lakshmi Sahasrasata Sambrahma Sivyamana. This, this speaks of both a quantitative and a qualitative nature of the Lakshmi feature of Braj. Lakshmi Sahasrasata. So there's one Lakshmi in Vaikuntha. But in Braj, Lakshmi Sahasrasata, there are thousands of Lakshmis. Gopis, thousands of them, hmm. all partial manifestations of Radha's love for Krishna. Hmm. You know, in the Don Kaley Leela, I was going to speak a little bit about the Perlamba Leela, but I did already this morning. Maybe we'll go over it a little bit in the final class tomorrow. But it's a summertime um, leela, and where the days are longer and hotter, there's room for extra play in the form of swimming. Uh, so it's a very special time for the cowherds. It's depicted in the 18th chapter of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, where Pralambasura is dealt with effectively by Balaramji. And um, and it's uh, during that uh, summer pastimes also that the Don Kaili Leela takes place. Don Kaili Leela is a Leela that, uh, where Krishna and his friends, in this case his Priyanarma friends, Saka friends, um, play, um, um, play as the king in his court. So Krishna is, uh, sits on a large throne like stone uh, at Govardhan and claims himself to be the king of the area under the emperor Kamdev, hmm? uh, appointed by Kamdev to do his work there. And um, um, and he uh, appoints his, his, his ministers. Hmm? Madhu Mangal will be his accountant and advisor. Subal will be his scout and uh, so many soldiers he has and so forth. And they set up camp there and erect a makeshift toll booth. Dana means uh, like a toll, in this case, a toll booth, a tax station. Hmm? And uh, it happens to, of course, coincide with, well, the fact that the gopis are coming on their way to a sacrifice, carrying yogurt, milk on their heads. 
Krishna knew about it. The point is, and what took me to this for the moment, uh, in, as per Raghunath Das Goswami's rendering of this Leela, Rupa Goswami has one as well, and there are um, iterations of the Dhamkila Leela that precede the Gaudi Sampradaya, so it's a very popular Leela. But in, uh, in uh, Raghunath Das's, the Dan Keli Chintamani, Krishna is informed by a parrot, the green parrot, very famous in Braj. We have also these, they fly in pairs, right? Hmm? In pairs. They're very uh, prominent in Madhavan also, here in our ashram in Madhavan. So, so a green parrot came and informed Krishna that the gopis were coming in this way. And, um, and I believe that Raghunathas has, has incorporated the parrot into the story because, of course, the parrot, the green parrot, is the bird carrier of Kamdev. Kamdev is the Cupid. Kam means... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dev means God, and he's the ghost. Well, he's the god, of, the god of love, right? Cupid. And he rides on a parrot. All the gods have some carrier, right? Krishna's carrier is Sri Dham. <laughs> or vice versa. He's a carrier rather than the carried. That's the difference between Krishna and all other avatars. They're all carried and he's the carrier. <laughs> so, uh, so the par- but I think that uh, one of the reasons that uh, Raghunath Das has uh, brought the parrot into the scene um, as well is because the uh, uh, one of the, or the, and the, I should say, the reason that the, the parrot is why Kamdev has uh, the parrot, the green parrot, as his carrier. Hmm. Well, the, it just turns out that the the, the green parrot, they, uh, the male and the female, they're like a team, a pair. They're a monogamous couple, hmm. and um, they pair up and they stay together their whole life, hmm. and. They're so attached to one another, so faithful to one another, that should uh, uh, one pass away in separation very quickly, the other passes away also. Hmm. This is the truth about the green parrot. Hmm. So it's, 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 um, here we have kind of an, an advocacy within love of monogamy, the virtues of monogamy, which are also praised in Ram Leela. Ram was a king, right? Ramchandra. And it was not uncommon for kings to be polygamous. But Ram, the virtue, one of the virtues of Ram is said to be his ek patni vrata. He took a vow to have only one wife, and that was so, wow, that's virtuous. So in a society where polygamy was, was, was um, allowed for kings who were very powerful uh, people and miniature progenitors and so forth that had the capacity to take care of uh, you know, more than one Lady, something like wasn't like the common Sudra or Vaishya had you know many wives or something like like some guy in Iskand thinks I should have two wives or well some other society that happened sometimes this was their idea this is kind of a misunderstanding of um, the concept and how under what circumstances it was thought to be permissible or even noble. Which is a whole. It's a, it's, this is a monarchical system and it's different circumstances and so forth than today in the world in, in which we live. But in spite of that, monogamy was um, the virtues of this were proclaimed and and uh, and uh, celebrated. So for Ram as a king to be monogamous, this was a very virtuous. And of course, Krishna would appear to be polygamous and even though we're not, not married to any of them. <laughs> many, many wives. So you could you know, get the criticism like that, right? In fact, there's a story here, you must know it in Poland, of how one Godia sect 
was taken to court um, with a view to ex have them expelled from the country by some uh, by a nun within the Catholic Church, and one of her claims was that their God is polygamous, right? And this is what they're worshiping. So, what will this do to our our society? And the devotee who was representing the devotees, I guess he was uh, anyway uh, taking the position of the barrister or the lawyer. He um, he put the nun on the stage or on the stand at the you know. The trial. the trial at the trial on the stand, and said, e "Now in in your church, um, the, um, what did he say? Do you have a ring on your finger?" And yes, yes. And 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 is, the, is that what is the significance of that? That you're is not does that say not signify that you are married to Jesus, right? So, married to Jesus, right? Yes, and how many nuns were that? Six, are there sixteen thousand nuns, or are there more than that? <laughs> right, something like that. And she was defeated. Right. So, actually, really, properly understood, the many uh, gopis of the polygamous apparent polygamous nature of Krishna's uh, romantic leelas is actually a monogamous affair because everyone, the immediate, the principal gopis are all immediate expansions, kai vyuha is called of, of, of Radhika, and any new gopis, manjaris, or they're all just some manifestation of Radha's ladini shakti manifesting in them. It just speaks of Radha has unlimited love for Krishna, and in order to express it, she's personifying herself or expressing herself in other other in others that she may try to adequately express her love for Krishna. If there's some aspect of love, some nuance of emotion manifested in another, and that would be the personification of that particular mood that when Krishna's in the mood for that, then Radhika will be there, something like that. So um, so, Lakshmi, one is enter this apparently polygamous affair, the, uh, the, the very special love of the gopis for Krishna. And she really, really wanted it. And again, I've been in this, trying to help us appreciate that. She took off her jewelry and her fine garments and started fasting and living in. Um, in uh, a life of austerity, this is an extreme opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Royal position of Lakshmi and uh, an ascetic. It's like the difference between Krishna, the supreme enjoyer, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. For this reason, Nityananda broke his danda, <laughs> threw it away, right? <laughs> so she really wanted to get in. And of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must have made this point to Venkatabhadra, and then he said, but she, but she couldn't. Why couldn't she? Hmm? Because there's a special way to get to enter there. Hmm? And it's not by doing fasting and austerities and so forth. In fact, it's said that Krishna came upon Lakshmi in, in, in Srivan, Vedavan, and said, Lakshmi, what are you doing here? Hmm? And she explained her position and her ambition. And Krishna said, oh, well, you don't have to do that to enter the Rasa Leela. That's not, and that's not appropriate for you. That's so difficult to sit and perform austerities and fasting and living in the forest, and especially for someone like yourself. Well, what do I have to do? What is the way? Lakshmi asked. And he said, that's very simple. You have to give up your husband. Hmm? <laughs> then you, Narayan, then you have to marry a gopa, then you have to cheat on him. <laughs> That's the way. <laughs> she ran away from there. <laughs> I can't do that. This is not, my staivav cannot be changed. It doesn't work like that. I can't. So, in this way, 
Mahaprabhu revealed the Venkata, the, the path of Raga Bhakti. Venkata was well situated on the path of Vaidhi Bhakti and had the perspective that, 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 that Krishna is an avatar of Narayan, an amusing side of Narayan that he shows sometimes, but not something we can participate in. Hmm? He shows that, Anjan Mastami, he showed that in Vaikuntha hmm? to us. We find it charming, but we cannot participate in that. Hmm? Uh, Dasi Bhakti, this is their, their, their idea, right? So, Venkata was overwhelmed. Hmm? And of course, Mahatma was explained there's a, there's a way to enter the Braj, there's a way, that is Rag Bhakti, to follow in the footsteps, in this case, from Rasi speaking about following the footsteps of the gopis. So, Venkata, uh, according to Krishna's Kavirash Goswami, became convinced of this principle. Um, uh, foundational point of tattva that Krishna is the source of Narayan. So this idea, he got uh, uh, epiphany as to the, uh, the uh, foundational stone of, of, of philosophy that uh, for the for the Gaudi is for understanding the Bhagavatam, which unlocks the key to understanding all the scriptures. Right. So it was a major event, and the Angopalvata was there. Right. So he witnessed this, and. Yeah, he wanted to join with, go with the young sannyasi, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But Mahaprabhu told him, you stay and take care of your parents. And when they retire, then come to Vrindavan. Hmm? And there I'll meet you again. Meanwhile, his uncle, the brother of Venkata, Bodhanda Saraswati, he became a great Gaudi Vaishnava sannyasi, authored a number of books and so forth. He came to Vrindavan. So, of course, in due, in due course, after some time, then Gopal Bhatta came to, came to Braj. And there, of course, he met Rup Sanatan. Now, he is a South Indian, from a South Indian Brahmin family. Rup Sanatan, they are also from South Indian Brahmin families, but they were born in West Bengal. And, of course, they became uh, engaged as ministers in the Muslim government. So by Hindu social religious standards of the time, Rupa and Sanatana were ostracized and thought to be outcasts of the Varnashram system. They, they, they were not allowed to um, establish Varnashram. <laughs> they weren't allowed to. What's our position? How will we do that? Um, so, uh, Jiva was their nephew. So, um, But Gopal Bhatta, he was, as I say, from a South Indian Brahmin family. And Vaishnavism is very rich in the South. In fact, in the Bhagavatam, it is said in Kali Yuga, that Vaishnavism will flourish in the South along the banks of the Kaveri and such sacred rivers and so forth. And of course, Ramanuja, Madhva, these were great um, uh, reformers and theologians who came after um, the influence of the monistic influence and non-theistic, we could say, from our perspective, uh, influence of Shankar and refuted him and so forth. And they were well-established Sampradayas. Hmm? So, from the social-religious position, the climate of the times, Gopal Bhatta would be given more credibility and seem to be more um, uh, uh, venerable, let us say, than Rup, Sanatan, Jiva Goswami, in the eyes of the common people. Now, you have to understand the Goswamis were forming a Sampradaya. Hmm? So they had to work within the climate of the times to establish uh, a credible uh, presentation. Hmm. Um, and so it is thought that, uh, that Gopal Bhatta was, within their midst, uh, established as the guru who would initiate within the group 
of the six Goswamis. Not Rup, not Sanatan, not Jiva Goswami. It is said that it said that that Rupa was a disciple of Sanatan. At least he speaks that way, but not in, not in a not like an initiated disciple. It's it is thought that Rupa Goswami did initiate Jiva Goswami, but um, but otherwise Rupa Sanatan, even Jiva Goswami, it doesn't seem that they were. Mm-hmm. Initiating widely, mm-hmm. and then you have Raghunathas. Raghunathas was not from a, a Brahmin family. Raghunath Bhatta, he was too busy, as we said earlier, <laughs> worshiping Radha Govinda, singing the Bhagavatam. So there are more important things. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so Gopal Bhatta, prominent position, and Mahaprabhu. It would appear planted this idea. How did he do that? He sent his seat, a wooden, I think it's a wooden seat, um, to Vrindavan for Gopal Bhatta, along with a piece of his his cloth, and that is preserved in the Radharaman temple. I have a thread from that cloth of the Dodi of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We keep it on our altar. At Adarya, and shoes, perhaps a pair of his shoes. So it was thought that Mahaprabhu was giving the seat for initiating, being the principal Diksha Guru among the founding Acharyas of the Gaudiya Sampradaya in Braj. And of course, it was there in Braj that Gopal Bhatta Goswami waited for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come. It's thought that well, he went there, he never came. He never came. He said he would come. I'll meet you there. You go there after your parents pass on. Now then we'll meet again in Vrindavan. Well, he sent his shoes, or he sent his seat. He sent his way of going there, uh, kind of. But <laughs> Gopal Bhatta was perhaps not entirely satisfied with that in his heart of hearts. But there he um, established. Uh, his uh, place of residence and worship, and he acquired some shaligrams from the north. And as you know, he was worshiping them. And he also, in the context of worshiping his shaligrams, he had the desire to dress and decorate the deity like Govindaji, like Madan Mohanji, like Gopinathji. Hmm? These are the three principal deities of Vrindavan, established by the Goswamis. Temples were established through the patronage of kings and so forth. So Gopal Bhatta was apparently worshipping the Shalagram, and he had several of them kept in a little straw box, right? And so on the Nishinga Chaturdasi, the appearance day of Nishinga Devi, he was meditating on the, the, the meditation of Prahlad, and how Prahlad's mind was so absorbed in Krishna that Krishna appeared in a form suitable to the circumstances and protected him out of a stone pillar. This is what he was meditating on throughout the day. He took rest and in the morning he woke up and the lid on the box of the shalagrams was was a jar, uh, loose, and he thought maybe a snake has gone in there and I should be careful. So carefully he opened the box and what he found was a black snake. About this big. Hmm? It, went, it went like this. <laughs> a black snake. <laughs> and he, uh, on his shoulder and on his hip were the pieces of the shalagram that he expanded out of. Hmm? Sivadaramanji ki jai. He's called Radharaman, although he's just looks like just Ram. Hmm? Just Ram, but where's Radha? Radharaman. So it's thought that this Radharaman is the way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm, reappe- re- returned to Vrindavan and gave association to Gopal Bhatta Goswami hmm? in the form of Radharaman. Hmm. Hearing out of the stone, the black snake, Krishna. Hmm. 
watch out for him. If he bites you, you'll be finished. Right? So uh, he plays a prominent role, as I'm mentioning, uh, and also in terms of literary contributions. Um, he was apparently quite a scholar, and in all of his Sandarbhas, each of the six treaties of the Satsandarbha of Jiva Goswami, he uh, defers to Gopal Bhatta Goswami. He glorifies Rupa and Sanatan, as I've mentioned before, as being glorious within Mathura Mandal, within the Braja Mandal, as devotees, which is to say much about someone. To be famous as a devotee is one thing, to be famous as a devotee within Braj, that's another thing. And of course they were. And, but he also says in each Sandarbha, as I mentioned, that the work that I've I'm doing here in the Sandarbha. It's just basically uh, uh, putting in longhand the notes of Gopal Bhatta Goswami, hmm? more or less what he says. So there's probably a little humility in that statement uh, because the, the treaties of the Sandarbhas are quite extraordinary, but he does defer to Gopal Bhatta and, and, and some of the scriptural insights that Gopal Bhatta brought to the um, the Sandarvas. He was revered by Shijiva um, uh, Goswami. So a very important person. He's um, identified in Krishna Leela with Ananga Manjari or Guna Manjari. <laughs> and that's an interesting uh, point. Someone told me recently that Guruganadesh Deepika, which is the book of Kavi Karnapur, in which he identifies certain uh, associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with associates of Krishna, Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, right? Who came with him, something like that. Because in the book it says, possibly, and um, something can. Uh, about this one and that one. Therefore, it's not definitive. Do you understand? He says, and some people think, some say this, and some think this, and some think that. Therefore, it's not a definitive statement about the who, of, uh, definitive who's who of uh, the uh, book of Gorlila. So I, I wrote back and said, how else would you know if so-and-so didn't say so, or so-and-so didn't think so. <laughs> what other way? Do you understand? <laughs> he said, and so-and-so thought like this, and maybe someone else, and this Purana said that, so it's possible this and possible. If you just come out and say, it's this, well, then you're just... You understand the point, right? <laughs> if I say, so-and-so is so-and-so, or if I say, somebody said so-and-so is so-and-so, it's the same thing. <laughs> So you, there's, this is a, a kind of a really Kanishta Adhikari way of um, looking at, at, at such texts in a very black and white way. And he was telling me that, that actually Advaita hmm, is said in Gauragana to be Mahavishnu because Kavi Pakarnapur didn't want to reveal the real secrets about Advaita's actual position as a manjari in, 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 in Golok that was not for the public consumption. I said, was it for the public consumption that Nityananda was Balaram? Was that less secret? Or, or anybody else in there who's this manjari that remember? Why did he tell the secret about Rupa Goswami that he's a Manjari? You know, this is just a debate of Amsa propaganda, much later than than, than, than Kavi Karnapur's book, which is okay, fine too. Everyone, uh, we can say this later devotee thought this. Okay, any devotee thinks he has some way of making a case to uh, to objectively support his subjective experience. We're, we'll we'll listen. Hmm? And then we'll decide how credible of a case he has made. Just a side uh, point here of interest. Um, so, very um, exalted personnel. Gopal Bhattabhasami, Kijai. Gopal Bhattabhasami, Tirubhav. Tirubhav?
Not an ultimately die. What else? Something else, Marsh? About? Kupa Bhatta? Another question? Yes. Maharaj was giving uh, his class about the Anarthas, and in, uh, in Bhakti Vinoda's uh, version of different Anarthas, there were many that had to do with, with misunderstandings of Tattva. Uh, different kinds of uh, Brahma or Tattva. Could there also be an Anartha where there is too much understanding of Tattva? <laughs> because sometimes we see devotees who don't seem to have much of a sadhana or bhajana, but they are very much eager to point out how they understand the tattva correctly and everybody else understands it. Yes, I think um, this would, there's, a, there's a name for that also. Um, and, um, oh, you want to say that in Polish? Yeah, or it's been translated. Yeah, so um, there's a, there's a there's a term for this, uh, which I Sanskrit term I don't recall, but basically it's too much of a penchant for argumentation, mm-hmm. and this you're interested in just defeating and debating and establishing I'm right and this is what the, this is what the scripture says, and Rupa Goswami cautions against this. And, uh, in fact, there's a famous story where some scholar came to Braj and wanted to debate the Goswamis, and they, they didn't have time for that. He pestered them, and finally they said, give us a paper that says, you defeated Rupa and Sanatana in debate, and we will sign it. Hmm? And get out of here. Leave us alone. Something like that. Um, so, that's a famous story in the oral tradition. So, yes, um, that's why I say often we have to use the head for a purpose. Not just keep the philosophy in our head going round and round and and you know it goes in one ear or out the other, back into our mouth and you know and uh, comes out and just regurgitating the uh, and then we use it as a weapon to beat people up and 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 rather than soften our heart, it becomes harder and we think we're very are more more important than we are, and and so forth. You have to take it in, let it go into the heart, and change the heart, and become softer. Hmm? And so that that's a madhyamadikari kind of tendency to want to like you want to use your intellect in the service of Krishna, and then there's this looks like there's this prospect of capturing the whole thing in the intellect. But if you're if you're successful in your pursuit, you reach a point where you know it's just not possible to capture it all, and that's good. And you see the holes in it also, the holes in the philosophy, because after all, philosophy cannot fully represent that which is beyond thought. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a translating, as we said earlier today, love into reason. So something's going to be lost. In translation, in translation, right? So there's a point where you see that there's a hole in the philosophy here. Someone could point it out and say, "Yeah, no problem. That's not a problem." But prior to that, to coming to that, you've got to fill all those holes. It's, otherwise, it's a problem. You can't sleep at night. How do we answer that? And how, how do we explain that? And how can there be two of this? And one? how can and, uh, this? So this is uh, something you got to. Yeah, it's an Anartha. <laughs> yeah. Yes? I can't help ask, uh, which are the main holes in the Gaudiya Vaishnava philosophy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't preoccupy myself with them, but uh, there are things, what I mean to say is that we accept on faith. We accept on faith. And um, and they are the things that uh, Scripture says, and so we accept it on the basis of Scripture. But we can't otherwise, even maybe perhaps even logically, 
supportive. Let's say, for example, the idea that the material body of the devotee, which is a bundle of parabdha karma, becomes fully spiritualized. So, I mean, how are you going to demonstrate that to somebody? It's still going to bleed and this and that. So, is there a transubstantiation like in Catholicism where the wine and the water, or what is it, the wine and the bread become the blood and the body? I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> Go for it. It's, a, it's you know, beyond, it's, it's just a faith, something like that. So that might be kind of um, an, an, an example. Um, there are other things um, that you uh, run into um, in relation to modern world and the way people think about things or things that have been discovered about how physically speaking the nature works and so forth that uh, could could uh, um, um, present um, an, um, trouble harmonizing well let, let, let's say you know okay um, it's Kali Yuga there's one for you okay, okay. Okay, and so then you have to look at that in regard to modern archaeology. Well, dogs digging up bones, as Prabhupada would say, but it is a little more sophisticated of a of a <laughs> of a um, science than than uh, than that, right? So it's, it's a little. Um, I, I dealt with it a little bit in sacred preface. You can see I was. This is a little bit of a weak point that you could establish from the uh, scriptural perspective that um, that uh, that uh, that there weren't um, instead of Neanderthals there were um, Rishis or something I don't know I mean it, 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 it's uh, it's maybe maybe it's, I shouldn't get into it. It'll weaken your faith. <laughs> but it's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, I, I dealt with it as they say in uh, in um, in um, sacred preface, and you can read that there. But something like that uh, that you you, you, run. you in other words, you think because you have some bhakti samskar um, that this explains everything. You have to answer to everything, but. It answers for you and other people like you who have some some scar for bhakti. Then then that psychology formed by those, those some scars just makes it work for you. But then you find it it doesn't work for everybody. The same arguments that go everybody in the in the in the group goes jai. It doesn't work for everybody else, and there's a reason for it. And they've got their reasoning, and so then you find that. The limits, if you will, and then you realize, oh, it's 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 it. Philosophy has a place, a role that it can play in helping one um, uh, enter into um, the into bhakti rasa, but it's not all there is to it. So then you say, well, anyway, take some prasadam, <laughs> <laughs> or you can reach a point in debating with. Uh, you know, uh, if you if you meet a a powerful, real, excuse me, a Dwayton, you know, good luck. You know, uh, you know, if you have a debate with one of the Shankaracharyas or something, well, you know, it'd be, it'd be uh, it's, but you know, in the end, or with even even another sampradaya, you know, in the end, if it's a Vaidhi Marg sampradaya, you at least have the trump card. You can say, well, okay, but at least ours is more charming. That's, uh, nobody can, yeah, yeah, Krishna's more charming, that's true. <laughs> but uh, that's what I mean. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't answer every doubt that everybody could possibly have. Hmm? Something like that, hmm? but it's good. It's a very well reasoned uh, um, expression of the transcendent experience of bhakti rasa. 
The process of bucking is a descending process. Uh, so it is not also the weakness of that, because uh, if, we, uh, if we refer to this, this uh, ascending process, like karma, yoga, kyan, uh, there is constant verifications. But we are on this descending process, we are going by fate. And this fate is something that challenges. Challenges. We have to have faith to do anything. You have to have faith in the Czy, czy właśnie to, że my, czy, czy bhakti yoga, proces bhakti yoga jest procesem następującym i czy to nie jest też pewnego rodzaju słabość tego procesu, ponieważ w tych procesach wstępujących, jak yoga, jana, karma, tam jest takie stałe weryfikacja, bo idziemy i po prostu weryfikujemy. Natomiast właśnie w bhakti yoga często posuwamy się długi dystans przez wiarę, która jest cały czas jakby I'm not sure I follow the reasoning of your question because first of all you have to have faith in any particular uh, path that you take. You have to have faith in the efficacy of, for example, Stanga Yoga to take it up. And um, and you have to have faith in bhakti as well. When but we say that in bhakti you only need faith, you don't need other qualifications to take up the path, like yoga is described as requiring brahmacharya in the sutras. The sixth chapter of the Gita explains astanga yoga, and the same point is made in other points. So there are other qualifications that are required. For jnana, you need a pure heart, and so on and so forth. Whereas for bhakti, you just need faith. Um, but you need some. You need faith plus in the other paths. You have to have faith in yoga. Otherwise, why would you take it up? You have to have faith in varnashram. Or why would you take it up? There are invisibles in all of this. You can't see the Paramatma, but you, but when you start, but you believe it because you've been convinced by association with yogis and so forth. There are the virtues of of, of of the path of yoga, so that you, so you take it up. As you go along, there are results that you get, which verifies in your in your mind your faith. But the same is true in bhakti. We get results, hopefully. And then we and we we get some verification. We have stages. We see where we are on the stages and so forth. So, I'm not sure I understand your question. Um, maybe because uh, progress, maybe because progress on bhakti depends on grace, and in this ascending process, we rely mostly on our, our efforts. About what? Upon our efforts. 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 So, most depends on us. And therefore, we can, if we are doing this effort, we get in results. And we knew that we are going in proper direction. But Krishna can delay with grace. Or. Withdraw with grace or test us, something like that. But when he does it, then we know he's there. <laughs> but there's a great effort in bhakti also. We shouldn't think that bhakti is... We say that there's an effort to get grace, but it's a considerable effort. It's a yogic effort. So it's not without um, out effort. Um, and there are many great examples of devotees. So there's much uh, objectivity that we can look to, to verify the veracity and uh, the efficacy of the path, I think. Hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's more intelligent to take help than to rely upon the very instruments or, or the effects of the problem to solve the problem. Hmm. In other words, we are seeking help from beyond the problem to solve the problem, rather than drawing upon resources that are a product of the problem. Our body, our mind, our intelligence are a product of the karmic problem. So how useful they will be in solving the karmic problem, that's uh, questionable. Whereas from outside of the karmic problem, if there is help to be had, well, that makes sense. That can that can solve the problem. So I think there's good reasoning.
for bhakti. <laughs> what else? Yes. Okay. So um, maybe it's not the best question for this situation, but I'll ask it because I'm curious. Uh, like Krishna has a lot of fights and adventures with monsters and demons, and I'm curious about if it is possible to Krishna will die will die from like poison and something because he drank uh, Putana's uh, poison from a snake from her breasts. And uh, he has many fights, so is it any possible possibility that he will die? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, and translation. Więc po prostu spytam się, może nie najlepsze pytanie do tej sytuacji, ale rozumiem, że Krishna miał wiele przygód i walk z demonami, z potworami. I po prostu zastanawiam się, czy jest jakakolwiek możliwość, żeby Krishna umarł. It's possible, but you have to understand that nobody dies. Nobody ever dies. That's one thing. So we, we might as well start getting along with one another because nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> might, get, you might want to get used to one another. So nobody dies. That's the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita, right? So. That's true even in material life. No, death is only an appearance. It's only, it's only part of what's always going on. Matter is in flux. Material nature is in flux. It's taking different shapes and forms. And It's a seed, it becomes a tree, it becomes a fruit, it becomes a seed, and so forth. This is just going on. So to, to focus on one of the those transformations and make a big thing out of it, call it death and so forth, is, is to not understand it from a, from a broader uh, perspective and then to find it to be a problem mm-hmm. when it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, so, uh, I mean, this, uh, he's a cat uh, and he, uh, like you yesterday and all the time you talk about uh, that he's uh, very powerful yeah. and uh, He's like everyone. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. is there any possibility that uh, anything could kill uh, kill Krishna? Yeah, I want. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. First, I wanted to talk about death in general. Mm-hmm. Death is a is a is an idea. It's a concept. It's an idea. It's a human idea. Hmm. It's 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 just selecting out a certain moment in the transformation and making out to be something more than what's just going on all the time. Therefore, it's called mrityalokam. It's a place of death. If you want to expand the idea, it's not just one moment. So, whatever's born is dying. Whatever dies, dying is born. So, birth and death, the implications. There's no difference between the two. It's just what matter does, it transforms. So that's just one point. And Krishna tells that to Arjuna, that's the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita. No one dies, you can't kill anyone. Hmm? So, that said, um, Krishna Leela, at the same time, of course is different than everyday life. And it's eternal. Hmm? It's deathless. But it's a drama, also. It's a drama. So, in a drama, someone can die, but they don't really die, right? It's just a drama. So, you ask, can Krishna die? The same question could be asked, can Krishna be born? Right? They're related. The two are connected. And of course, the answer is yes, Krishna can be born, right? He's the son of Yashoda. That is a Leela. He's unborn, but he's born. What, what does it mean that he's born? This is called, this is called Vatsalya Bhav. Vatsalya Rasa. Parental, transcendental parental love. 
causes he who is everywhere, omnipresent, he knows everything, omniscient. The power of that bhakti, of Jashoda, for example, makes he who is everywhere and knows everything, know nothing and be in her arms. So what is the power of her, her love? Krishna can't be born, but love can make him appear to be born and he can act like that. Similarly, then, within the Leela, we can reason that he could, he could also die. That's possible. And he does. So at the end of the Krishna Leela, Krishna is in Dwaraka and he's shot in the foot by an arrow accidentally and he dies. Now, this is Krishna who like killed all so many monsters and maybe when he was a child and drank the poison and didn't die. So it doesn't make a lot of sense that an arrow in his foot <laughs> would kill Krishna. So this is Alila. This is Krishna's way of making his exit from the drama, the final scene. Hmm? And and he, he, he and and it, so he, his, his Leela is human-like, so it's an imitation of the human situation. So it's an imitation in the context of the Leela of dying, and we understand it in, in that way. Do you follow? Hmm? So, yes, he can die. Yes, he can be born. But no, he never dies, and no, he's never born. It's, I know, it's a little confusing. <laughs> Does that help? Yeah. take away Durvasa's blessing, because it's Radharani. Hmm? Then you have to start taking away other things in the Leela that make her the way she is. And then she disappears, and she's just some force. Love. Hmm? If you want to give that love shape and, and movement and so forth, then there have to be apparently other factors that make her the way she is. Hmm? You understand? So it's the same principle. Okay, if Krishna is the source of everything, then how can he be the son of Yashoda? It's the same kind of question, right? You understand? So, um, yes, Durvas gave a blessing to Radharani that whatever she cooked would be like nectar, like amrit. See, so that's true. Okay, look at it. Let's look at it in the context of the Leela. Of course, Radharani, whatever she cooked would be great. We know that, right? <laughs> because she's Radharani. But, but, um, but in the Leela, who would know that? So Durvas has to give the blessing so that Mother Yasoda can make the case to Jatila the mother-in-law of Radha, that Durvas has given her this blessing. My husband and I are the king and queen of the cowherds. Our son is the future of the coward community, whether you like him or not. And uh, <laughs> and therefore, your daughter has this blessing from Durvas, so therefore she should come every day and cook, even though she's married to somebody else. I mean, how are you going to get somebody else's wife to come and cook for you? <laughs> For you every for your son every day, so Durvas is there for that in the Leela, you understand? So it's a drama. It's a drama.
As I said, if God is everywhere and knows everything, and there's nowhere to go, there's nothing to know that you do, so it's boring. So to overcome boring, then boredom, then you play. So it goes. The omniscience, the omnipresence, the Aishvarya is the backdrop for the Madhurya, for the sweetness, for the Leela, for the play, for the drama. Hmm. Has no end, the drama. So many, it's so layered, just like we're reading that Kaliya Dhamma, so layered, the connections, the meaning, the who, why, the, it's just it's fascinating. There are many myths, and many stories that explain the times of different cultures and so forth, but nothing like Krishna Leela. That's my opinion. <laughs> Sri Bhagavan Sri Krishna Kriya Gold Premanam